Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Inspiring Thoughts podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to have Claire Cathcart, who's the founder of Elevate. Uh, and Claire supports HR people on their own journey to develop from HR advisor to really move through the ranks of HR. So, Claire, great to have you on board today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and it's a good start to a working week. So we've got Monday today. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Good start to my week. Absolutely. It's the first day back after half term, which I've managed to survive. So, yeah, looking forward to getting back to work this week. No, fab. So um, Claire's had seven questions in advance, which we always do to make sure that our guests are well prepared and we get that rich information from them. So, um, Claire, before we get, kind of get started, would you just tell our audience about your kind of your career history and how you moved into HR from your perspective? Absolutely. Um, I don't know where the last 15 years have gone, to be fair. Um, it's kind of run away with me. Like many people, I fell into HR. I was 23. Um, I left uni with a media degree, decided not to do media and yeah, fell into a, a HR administrator role. And do you know, it just it suited my skill set. I love working with people. I love talking to people. Um, so I, I was hooked um, quite early on after taking my first HR admin role. And then um, I changed jobs really because of my kind of lifestyle what's happening. I left my, my first HR role to move closer to family worked for a great company called Impelum Group. You may know some brands like Tate Recruitment, Bilaro Recruitment. And I was working in a shared service centre. And my goodness, I learned everything there was to know about employment law, employee relations cases in that role. Um, I left there after a couple of years and I moved to TUI. Um, I'm sure people have heard of TUI, the holiday company, global company, 19,000 people. And I loved it. Absolutely amazing company to work for. I moved from being a HR advisor there to HR business partner and partnering the kind of customer service director and his team for Thompson Airways. So all of the cabin crew, very highly unionized environment. So great experiences there. Um, and then I had a baby boy and I said, I would like to raise him by the seaside. So sadly, I did leave Tui after seven years. Um, absolutely loved it. I would have stayed longer, relocated to the, the seaside um, and took a job for EDF Energy. Absolutely. Poles apart from Tui, um, utilities, energy company. Um, but again, a great experience for me. And then quite randomly, someone called me and said, oh, this telecoms company is looking to create a HR function. Is this something you might be interested in? And I looked back at all the kind of corporate experience I had and I thought, yeah. absolutely, something I could get my yeah. teeth into. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a few years ago, I started that. And after I left there, we set up an amazing team, kind of been working with startup scaling businesses. Yeah. So, yeah, the last 15 years has been quite a journey from the corporate world to the startup scale businesses, different industries. But I will say wherever I've worked, I've yeah. loved it. I love working with people. Absolutely. Yeah. So passionate about HR. Yeah. And it's and it comes through loud and clear from like your LinkedIn posts, which you see and your podcast, et cetera, around that passion. Um, and you can see that, that in that HR role, it's, it's a tough role, but you've got to have that passion and energy to really bring it alive and make it work for you, haven't you? Absolutely. And something that 
I guess I, I love and why I do it and why I am so passionate about it is that I remember reading a statistic that through their careers people work about 90,000 hours that's a lot right? yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know that's a huge amount of time people are spending at work and I think we're really privileged in HR that we have the ability to really impact that we can yeah. impact people's lives we're creating cultures we are yeah create environments where people can you know really thrive yeah. I and mean, how many roles can say that they they can yeah. do that so yeah, yeah I think he, just the the possibilities in HR to have yeah. it, a, a real positive impact on people is, is something yeah. that yeah just lights me up and, and I, I think we echo the same point there that when I was in my leadership roles it's a privilege to help people support people and I think if you have that lens on you bring a different perspective rather than it's a job and a role it is a privilege to look after people and support and see them grow and develop over time um, and also you've got something exciting coming to launch as well which we do know so your elevate program do you want to just tell us a bit more about that yeah so this has really been driven by my own experiences in hr and what i've observed in different organizations so the program is how to become a strategic hr partner which is something that businesses need from us for sure but I think also as a HR practitioner it's not just about process it's not just about policies and the pieces of paper it's how do you really work with the organization to get the best for the people so yes we're there to support the business absolutely help them achieve their objectives but you know we talk about people experience seems to be the buzzword for 2023 um But it's true, like as a strategic HR partner, how can we create that experience? So, yes, that is launching um, 31st of October will be, uh, yeah, it will be kind of D-Day that kind of is launched up to everyone. Um, But yeah, very excited. It'll be an eight week programme, but I'm very excited to launch it. Oh, good, good on you. And fingers crossed. And I know it'll be a success. So I think from your passion and energy driving it forward. So let's really go for it. Let's see, let's see what happens for you, which would be Thank brilliant. Yeah, really you. good. So um, I contacted you and said about looking at HR in 2025 or in the future to see what kind of the roles, because it's ever changing, it's quicker and kind of moving agile. So what do you think HR will look like in 2025? What do you think it'll start to look like from your view? I think it needs to look different for sure and but the great thing about HR is that if you look at HR over the years as a function it has been able to evolve I remember one of my first jobs working in Sainsbury's and I had to go and speak to the personnel department I'm sure we've all got kind of memories of personnel back in the day and HR has evolved and now we're talking about a people and culture team so what is that future I think the first thing that we need to look at Um, and it's probably a scary thought for some people is automation yeah Yeah. it's everywhere at the moment right we're talking about AI and chat GPT taking over the world and from some of the conversations I've had with HR professionals people aren't embracing it they're not embracing it enough and I think from a from a HR perspective we're not known for being super techie. Yeah. We're known for being able to talk to people and work yeah. with people and empathise. So is it a strength? I'm not sure, but it's something yeah. that we'll have to embrace. Yeah. And I'm all over it. I'm, I'm on chat GPT pretty much every day. And 
the way that it can automate things, the way it can um, speed things up for us. It can write processes. Yeah. I mean, it will never, I say never, I mean, who knows what's going to happen to yeah. that. Right now, I don't think it's replacing the role of people. Yeah. I think we still have a role that we have to check it and you know, sense check it, make sure it's it's applicable, but we have to start embracing it. So yeah. in, in 2025, only kind of a, a couple of years away, I think it, the world of HR will look very different if we are able to use the technology yeah. Um, and, yeah, use it to, to, to kind of its full capability, really. Um, I talked about people experience. That's going to be huge. It has to be huge. So what does that actually mean? I think it's about looking at HR through the lens of the people and how they are um, kind of treated, their feelings. Are they enjoying things in the workplace? Do they have a career path? How are they experiencing the world of work? Um, Which, again, is a huge topic, but I think it's something that HR professionals have to start focusing on yeah. it's not about policy it's not about process it's not yeah. it's it's not just an admin function hr people really need to embrace that and from the whole people journey um looking at each step how can we have an impact on that yeah how can we really influence the uh, the people experience um there's there's definitely something in my mind around um de and i as well and this has been floating around for a number of years this is like this isn't this isn't new news but i think in hr we are not moving as quickly as we should be yeah so i think the focus um in the next 12 18 24 months has to be more on dni it has to be because we haven't done enough and we haven't done it quick quickly enough um so i'm hoping in 2025 which isn't a million miles away, we yeah. are seeing more diversity in organisations, but also from a leadership and business perspective that they get it. It's not yeah. a tick box. Yes. There's this realisation that, do you know what? There is real value in bringing diversity yeah. into our organisation. Because yeah. from what I've seen in the past around d it is a tick box. Maybe yeah. to get investment, to look good, to you know, look yeah. at your employer branding. And I think people really need to start to recognise that there is value in it. Yeah. And then to start investing. So yeah, I think HR is gonna hopefully be quite different in the yeah. next couple of years. Well the bit the bits there I really, really enjoy about you saying about being on kind of if if you took it like the front foot, so about um AI, chat GT chat GTP C C G T P. GTP. I'll get my term, terminology right in a minute. You know what I mean, Claire. Turn that yeah, GPT. But, but actually being on the front foot um, is a really good bit for HR because I've always seen HR on the back foot of like firefighting and picking up the pieces from that point of view. Whereas I really enjoy that you're talking about the front foot position. Um, the colleague kind of journey, rather than just being a tick box exercise, has actually had a feelings of colleagues and feel uh, from that perspective. Um, and I agree with you uh, around diversity um, and inclusion, etc. That people have done it's tick box. I've been there in an organisation that said we've got to have X amount of people in these positions, and, and it actually switches people off because actually even from that cultural background, people are going, "Well, I've just got the job because I'm a number," rather than actually my capability, my skill set. 
and the other part around the, the positive benefits of creativity, diversity, what it can bring to organisations from that broader thinking uh, is definitely the right track. So uh, totally, uh, you know, uh, the Braveheart speech, I totally agree with Claire. I'm, I'm on that bandwagon with you, which is which is fantastic. So yeah. if we if we look forward, so um, what other skills do you think HR colleagues will need going in that in that 2025 mode? What, what skill set do you think they need? I think there needs to be HR people are great at working with people, speaking to people, having the empathy, having the difficult difficult conversations. But I really think we need to start to see more um, personalization and really understanding people on a deeper level. So let, let me explain what I mean by that. So I have a real um, I don't know if it's a bugbear if that's the right word. Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I've been in that. I've been yeah. in that that world, right? Pre-COVID, we were, you know, we're working in that kind of environment. And the more that I work at home, I work remotely, I work flexible hours, my mind just can't comprehend how businesses have sheep dipped people through Monday to Friday, nine to five yeah. for so many years. And it's just been allowed to happen. I work with people who are parents, who are carers, who want to work out for a couple of hours in the gym on a lunch on, on a lunch break. Everyone has different needs. And I remember a, a time where there was a, a guy who was late all the time and he kept arriving to work to no, at 9.30. And because our working hours was nine to five, we ended up disciplining him and disciplining him again. And he, he was dismissed yeah. because he kept telling us, I work better in the evenings. I'm struggling to get to sleep at night. But because he didn't conform to the nine to five, he yeah. lost his job, which now sitting here in 2023 seems bonkers to me. Yeah. So when I talk about the personalization piece, I think we really, really need to get under the skin of people and find out what environment they will thrive in. Yeah. If that means working 9.30 to 5.30 as opposed to 9 to 5, yeah. great, let's do that. So in terms of um, kind of HR capability, we need to really dig deep into yeah. personality profiling, which is out there. Personality profiling is not a new thing, but really understanding people's personalities, their drivers, their motivations, their, their working you know what would what working patterns would suit their life yeah. i'm a single mum my 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 world is very different to when i was 25 yeah. you know so i think just really digging deep into motivations and the personalization piece yeah. is that a skill is that a qualification i don't know but it's definitely something hr people need to do and something that businesses need to adapt to as well and an approach yeah. that businesses need to adopt because the world is changing, we do talk about hybrid working and remote working and flexibility, and I don't think that conversation is going away. So any organisation yeah. is sheep dipping people through Monday to Friday, nine to five. I bet you can get some more value if you actually start yes. to talk with people. Yeah, and and I really like that because if if you took with the pandemic, companies shifted. Uh, kind of a big shift away to go look hybrid working working from home etc to really push people 
I'm seeing organisations because one or two people may have taken advantage of it or etc are shifting right back again to going you're in the office five days a week or going back to that conformity and it's only the minority but organisations are treating and sheep dipping everybody the same again rather than actually people did really well during the pandemic very creative different work-life patterns people working over weekends they were just to fit in whereas I am seeing that because one or two people aren't maybe taking it serious enough that organizations are going back to that really draconian way which i don't like and i think you're going to get a lot of people leave and try and find other organizations that are still creative would that be your view as well claire yeah definitely and i i, I ran a poll on linkedin um a few days ago so 402 people voted and at those 402 181 people were actively looking for work yeah 45 percent. why are they looking for work because the work environment no longer suits them. Yeah. Can you guarantee? I, I've been speaking to a lot of people. I've been doing a lot of market research for my yeah. um, my program that I'm launching, and people keep talking about flexibility, um, hybrid working, and you know, from that poll, 115 people, 29 percent, 29 said they weren't happy in their job. Yeah. I mean, th- this is huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just, it's um, it's something that organisations need to have a look at. It's, yeah, yeah it, it, it's definitely changing. And I think people are voting with their feet. Yeah. People are no longer saying, oh, okay, I'll suck it up. I'll do the nine yes. to five. They are looking to leave. Yeah. Um, they're definitely something that organisations need to be changing. I think we're going to be having this conversation for the next couple of years. I don't think yeah. there's a a quick fix or an easy answer um but yeah definitely something that that businesses need to start looking at yeah and i i I definitely agree with that because i think businesses should look at the majority of people rather than what i call like the minority that may cause some problems or issues and then treat everybody the same from that perspective it just switches people off um from and actually getting the best out of them because they kind of look and go actually i've been working my socks off here and i've been it's working for me but why have i now got to go back to this conformed way that's not really benefiting uh, what if if colleagues were allowed that kind of flexible work and still what would be the benefits to them claire i know you've touched on a couple already but what's the benefits to really have that motivated colleague that flexible working i think it's um I'm going to get deep now, Steve. I think it's yeah. about. Should we go forward? Because we're going to get deep. Should we move forward? It's going to get serious. <laughs> I think this is about people feeling fulfilled in their lives yeah. and feeling like they are valued. So when they when they get out of bed in the morning and they come and work hard for this organisation, what's their connection like to the business? Do they want yeah. to feel like they are treated like an adult? that they are respected, um, their work is valued, they work their socks off and the business goes, yeah, you did a good job. But if they are treated like children, getting into transactional analysis a little bit, treating them like children and saying, you must do this, even though you don't want to do this, you must come to the office. That connection is just going to be broken. Yeah. So if you allow, if you treat people like adults, you treat them with respect, you talk to them about their motivations, their drivers, their their working life, you know, 
having young children is different to having teenagers right so we will we will transition through our lives and need different things if you give people what they need you can bet your life they will become the most engaged employees you've ever had they will be loyal and they will work hard for you yeah but if you start saying to people yeah you need to come into the office nine to five what happens 45 percent of people in my poll are looking for another job so that is the reality um and i talk a lot about um employee engagement and if you do have these engaged loyal employees that are working hard for you the cold side of it from a business perspective is they're working harder, they prefer the performance is higher, yeah. they're gonna make you more money or they're yes. going to deliver a better service. Your customers are going to feel their yeah. engagement and happiness and, and loyalty. Yeah. So business benefits are huge of treating people the right way yeah. and in a way that you you create that strong connection. Yeah. And that's not me just telling you that like there's loads of research out there that yeah. were, that has proven this. But the thing is, as well, you want people getting out of bed in the morning going, I'm looking forward to work rather than getting out of bed and going, I dread. And as per your poll, I'm looking elsewhere or moving on. Um, And I think the bit there, as you said, the cold light of day of improving a business is about production, profitability, all those kind of things that go with it. But if you've got a happy workforce, they are going to give you that extra five, 10 percent compared to somebody that's disengaged, because we know a disengaged employee will go and tell other people. Other people become kind of part of that kind of group that then you're infecting more and more people. So it's not it's it's a negative effect, but it's still from my point of view, and I think probably echo review that organisations are not seeing this connectivity. They're seeing profit, people, but not how do you bring it together? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there are organisations out there that are remote only. Yeah. They don't have offices and they're doing great and their workforce um, is connected and the yeah. culture is amazing. I've worked for businesses like that. So um, I'm not sure that the argument that you have to be in the office five days a week really holds up anymore. Yeah, and no, I, I, I totally agree with you from that point of view. It doesn't hold up uh, from that perspective. So what would be the benefits of, for, we said about to the colleague, but organisations really adapting that flexible work and really connecting. I know you've touched on a bit about pro, you know, profitability, et cetera. What would you see other things that would be really good for that organisation in 2025 if they get these things right? Well, I guess from a business perspective, this is what they're interested in. People will stay with yeah. you. And the costs of recruitment, I mean, the the recruitment market at the moment, particularly in HR, is bonkers. Yeah. I'm seeing roles where 600 people are applying for one job. Yeah. Now, if you've got an internal recruitment team, they're now having to sift through 600 applications. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a great use of anyone's time. So recruitment is going to cost you thousands. So yeah. there's the um I, I guess the real cost of the recruitment of people leaving but then there's also how long does it take someone to get really up to speed and you know then yeah. know what they're doing three to six months minimum um so people will leave if you yeah. are treating them like children you're enforcing these kind of rules um people will will just definitely leave that they will leave for sure and you touched on it there around um people will go and you know talk to others about their dissatisfaction you have a real opportunity to create advocates of your business and 
I've seen it on LinkedIn where businesses they're clearly getting it right because yeah. their employees are on there they're not being told to go on there and post yeah. about how amazing the business is you're just seeing it yeah. so employee advocacy can be huge for you yeah. you will find you'll become an employer of choice yeah. you will get more applications to your roles it won't become hard people will be staying there'll be advocates and it does it all of this stuff hits the bottom line right which is what businesses yeah. are interested in yeah and I, I really like the part there about um when you see it generally on linkedin that you know a company hasn't told somebody to write something or and it's that real enthusiasm uh, uh, kind of the pictures they send in about what they've done at work and the enjoyment you can feel that buzz and that energy mm-hmm. and you go do you know what? that's a good employer to work for um which is amazing uh, and actually i just think that genuine spontaneity is wonderful to see uh, and actually there are loads of good companies out there so rather than maybe we look at the, the kind of poorer companies, but there are loads of good companies out there that are trying to get this right. And I think the other bit there, Claire, is they're trying to get it right. They may not always get it right, but you can see they're trying to move forward. Uh, whereas we, I've seen some organisations that are just going, do you know what, we're not moving. It's always worked for us this way. We won't change. If people don't like it, they leave, we'll get someone else in. And that, that's just horrendous for the employer and the employee as well. Yeah, I, I think the reality is, though, that change is hard yeah change is really hard and when you're ha- trying to affect change across a couple of thousand people yeah. it feels like a mammoth task so do they revert back to what's easy yeah. i genuinely think in kind of the the world of work we have to start adapting working conditions are different to how they were you know yeah. 20 30 years ago so what does the next 20 30 years look like We have to be prepared for change. And like you say, give it a go. Try things. I mean, a lot of businesses will be scared around setting precedents. And, you know, um, if they work at home for a period of time, does it then become custom and practice? Certainly kind of lots of legal things that they have to navigate. But if you can get that legal viewpoint, get that stance in, go for it. Start to make some of these changes and see what difference it brings to your business and we've seen that with ourselves about organizations modernizing their hr policies so rather than sticking to the traditional grievance bullying harassment which is horrendous and nine times out of ten people don't get what they want or need and i know you've experienced that through your er role Mm -hmm. um it's actually give things a try and a go you'll be impressed about how it brings people in the flexibility treating adult to adult so going back to that transactional analysis that's where we want to get people going to um, and I just think there's a bit of testable to have a go what's the worst that can happen it's got to be better than what you're doing at the moment that's how I look at it from very simplistic point of view yeah definitely I mean I've been posting a lot on LinkedIn recently about HR policies and how rigid they are and how it has to be this blanket approach for everyone yeah. and it really does not have to be a blanket approach for everyone no. as well but we're not treating people fairly and I said no it's different you're not treating people the same but you're treating them fairly because you're applying the same principles you're asking them the same questions yeah and if you're getting different answers then your reaction will be different yes so the same and fairly are different correct yeah having policies that are so rigid and black and white and it spells out you must do this you must do that um, i'm not a huge fan i definitely think we need to put um more kind of principles in place and give managers the freedom to use their discretion 
yeah. and treat people like grown-ups yeah. so yeah it's great to hear that you're modernizing HR policies as part of the work that you do <laughs> yeah we, we, we're trying our best and, it, yeah. and it, the, the, the bit is there is organizations when they've done it have seen the, the employer engagement difference inclusivity fairness trade unions like it as well because they go actually we can see a fair point of view um uh, so actually it's working but people have got to take the plunge of let's move out from the 90s when those policies were written to actually a more modern era um and going forward into kind of 2025 do you think any other qualifications hr colleagues will need to raise to kind of be ready for kind of the next chapter would you say there's anything i know people do cipd levels threes fours fives up to sevens etc but is there anything else you think would be good qualification for our hr colleagues cipd is going to be there for a very long time right and those yeah. are the key qualifications i think from my personal perspective is that it's less about um qualifications and more about learning from kind of people around you so people that have done it that have the experience um picking up kind of practical tips um you know what would you do in this situation so I would say to HR people like do you have a really good mentor right now so rather than maybe going on a course do you have a really good mentor you know are you getting the support that you need from your line manager I mean, the programme that I've put together, I've called it How to Become a Strategic HR Partner because it's very, very practical. Yeah. So the CIPD qualifications are great. You know, yeah. I've got level seven and it's very kind of theory based yes. and, and, and very high level, which is great because you need to know that stuff. But what I would love to see for HR professionals is going actually do this and if you're having yeah. this kind of meeting ask these questions so yeah. I'm making it kind of more practical I speak to a lot of people that are in standalone HR roles and I have so much respect for them honestly yeah. it's, a, it's a tough gig so it's kind of networking and having people around you that you can ask questions yeah. Um, and yeah really learning from each other yeah. um, I think there is probably something going back to the tech piece yeah we are going to have to sit and learn and know how to use it and how to get the best out of it. So I don't know what that qualification looks like at the moment. I think we're all just getting our heads around it. But I think something about data, um, how we're using the data, how we're making decisions and technology. Yeah. But does that course exist? I don't know. I'll have to have a look. Well, it could be your next your second course that could come My up next one. your next yeah. course couldn't it um, but I, th- I think it's a bit there I really like that it's not all about qualifications and um, the, the question is to just give us a broad bit but actually having a good mentor and learning from experience is wonderful and I, you know I've, I've worked with some really good mentors that have given ideas suggestions and good coaches as well to go yeah. actually let's learn from a different perspective um, and if you are in an isolated role that networking will really help um, and I also think that the plunge there of really learning about AI etc going forward it's not all about courses there's loads of things you can go and look at um, and have a see I'm a big fan of YouTube I really like YouTube I think you can pick up some as long as you use a sensible head there's some good stuff on it so but people have got to take the plunge if they don't start to learn now they're going to get left behind aren't they absolutely that and I'm in kind of lots of different um, groups on social media and people are asking questions for example um, does anyone have any interview questions for this this particular job and I've responded a few times and said have you asked chat GPT yeah. oh no I haven't used it yet and yeah. 
it may not give you exactly what you need, but it's a great starting point. And you're right. If people aren't using it now and giving it a go and just playing with it, then yeah, yeah, definitely will get left behind. So yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't used it, like go and search for it and just ask it a question and see what it, it gives you back. Yeah, no, fantastic. And then in um to kind of uh, come up today. So Claire, what what are you working on for your own personal development? I know you've got your new really good course coming out through Elevate. What else are you working on from your own personal, uh, like 2023, 2024? Um, yeah. So ChatGPT is a big thing for me. I'm I'm getting my head around it, but yeah. I'm there. But I would say over my career, I have been um really focused on my development so having a a a coach can absolutely skyrocket your your thinking the way you approach things so um I was really lucky um through my career to have a a great coach and a great mentor so that person I can say hey what would you do in this situation um so I'm a massive fan of of both and I've I've recently um I'm recently self-employed in the last month or so. So from my own personal perspective, I'm looking at um, everything around that. Sales, marketing. I said I have a business mentor now and I said to him, I know HR. I don't know sales and marketing. (laughs) They're the kind of things that I have to learn. Um, From a HR perspective, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I love hearing from other people and kind of the thought leadership and really inspiring ideas. So I love all of that. Um, I'm in lots of HR groups. I read lots of articles. And I think, you know, I have reached that point in my career where I can take all of that information and filter through it and decide what I think is relevant or or not. So, Yeah. yeah, personal development is a huge priority if you're really kind of if you're focused on your own growth then it should be a priority for you yeah and it's and and I really really love that I can see your passion coming through there about kind of that personal development that journey you should never stop do you I mean I love it um and I think since I went freelance so many 2019 and in my own company now I've never read so many books. I really just love getting curious and seeing things again. Well, how can that work? Um, what about trying a different technique and those kind of things? It can really help elevate kind of your career and perspective from that point of view. Um, but I'll always help out if you want to kind of um, uh, chat about being newly self-employed. I'll give you some tips and <laughs> hints from that point of view because, um, yeah, I had some pitfalls, but some really good points from that perspective. So from um, to bring it to a close today for our podcast, Claire, how can A, people get to speak to you talk to you try and get on the elevate kind of course how what's the best way for people to reach out to you so the course launches on the 31st of october so there is a waiting list if you're not on the waiting list you will not hear about it um there's a link on my profile um i spend a lot of time on linkedin so if you message me on there then i will always reply but i'm also creating a facebook um community it's called elevate hub so if you search for us on there um because I think connecting with people, networking, learning from others all the time is actually so important. Yes, I can share my information with you, but I'm not the only person that's ever worked yeah. in HR. So being part of that community on face on Facebook as well. So oh, yes, fantastic. I'm in multiple places. 
Yeah. So can I just say a huge thank you today? First of all, I wish you the best of luck with your new course. I know it will be a success from that point of view. So, and it's also, I think you said you've got X amount of people already lined up for that course, which would be brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, just a huge thank you for coming on board today to our podcast. Um, I think we've definitely got loud and clear about AI, really kind of getting those connections forward for colleagues in 2025, really working on that perspective also having a mentor or a coach to really help elevate people but i've really taken from today Claire, about hr being on the front foot not being behind but really kind of leading uh, from that point of view so just a huge huge thank you and i hope you enjoy the rest of your week but thank you for coming on board today for our inspiring thoughts podcast no you're welcome thank you so much for having me thank you